to the podcast. I'm Chris Lockhart. And this is Consultants Saying Things. I'm joined by uh, Filianov, Shashi Shramali, and Bill Bensing, as usual. Um, we're talking about integration. And, and integration, um, obviously, more than just sort of like, you know, integrating a, a, a product to another product. We're talking about like integrating uh, businesses together. And, and uh, I know there, there are various uh, buzzwords out there. Um, that, that talk about things like, you know, value networks and, and all those great kinds of things. So we want to talk about integration. And, um, you know, Phil, I want, to, I want to ask you first, because, you know, when I think about integration and I see the problems that my clients are having, they tend to think about this as like, well, let's just spend more money on more tools and we can integrate better. Right. And, and I don't know that um, executives or, or, or people are looking at integration um, really holistically. I mean, what, what are you seeing when you when you talk to folks um, in, in your business. But I think about some of the projects that we've been through, and I, I will admit that integration was the last thing. It's like, we're gonna make this work, and we're going to make this work, and we're gonna have to put something to put some piping between the two of them, or wiring, or however, whatever metaphor you wanna do for it. We're gonna have to make all that work. And that was the last thing. We'll, we'll, we'll quote that out separate. We'll get somebody to put that bit together. You know, I think the thing is, Chris, when we're talking about integration for IT systems, we forget that the really hard part is probably the behavioral change of getting those people to integrate or getting those units to integrate. They might not have done this before, and uh, I think it can be hard to get the right people to think about the problems they might have to solve. There is something on my mind around integration. I mean, the concept of a hybrid integration platform. You have API gateways, you got iPaaS, you got ISAS. Basically, what's happening is non-technical folks now are getting into the integration realm. And it is an amazing advantage, but also it's an amazing management curse that I've been seeing firsthand. So the clients that I've had lately, right, um, they're talking about in integration, but they're at, I mean, it's again, it's all tech. They're, they're talking about buses still, right? And service layers and abstraction layers and all this sort of stuff. How do we get at our data? And they're talking about data integration. Are you guys familiar with the concept of value network analysis and value networks? No, teach us. No. Tell so, me more. I'm going to go back to Porter's Five Forces. This is really an evolution of Porter's Five Forces. Porter's, uh, it went at the Five Forces, but like the little thing. So let's go back to a value chain. A value chain is what you do internally to add a value to your products. That's what a company does. A supply chain is what multiple companies do to add value to an end product to one consumer. A value network is the nonlinear type of supply chain is how I'll describe it. So think about how you can have value that actually doesn't directly send revenue or whatnot. And Chris, what's made me think about this is what you're talking about, but also my, my startup right now, mm -hmm. my value proposition is I'm a value analysis. So I have these people who may exchange with me or be part of the, the platform, as I call it. And people, when we talk about integrations, nobody's actually bringing in the business side of it, which is really what you're doing is building out a node of a network, almost exactly like you're talking about, Chris, where somebody else can come in and use that payment. People are talking yeah. in terms of buses and APIs and stuff like that. But when you say process, what I see is nobody's talking about the business strategy behind it, the tactic of the process. They're only talking about the executional aspect of the technology. Nobody has a modern day integration strategy. Shashi, which you're going back to like digital platforms and things like that. When I say that, nobody in business is thinking about what it actually means to integrate. Right. They're talking about tech. They're not really thinking about strategy. There's just, just there's not a comprehensive systemic view of what it means to integrate into those world. So you're saying you, if you fail to do that, you are uh, at risk of not keeping up with fintech or whatever it is, the disruptors that are coming in. 
Correct, because some, somebody like Uber, they're a value network. Yes, they disrupted the the um, oh the uh, the taxis and whatnot, but that's just a supply chain. They fundamentally disrupted the whole on demand um, uh, on demand uh, transportation market by creating a value network that's doing tons of things now with bikes and shit like that. If you are talking about starting from the consumer experience, I'm going to tie the thread back to that. The consumer experience, they are not driven by uh, you know, what a specific company does for them. For example, if I go to a doctor, my experience is, you know, I have to interact, make sure my insurance is being accepted. When I go to a doctor's office, I may need to make sure that I can pay. Then they need to call my insurance company. So my experience is driven by uh, how I, how seamlessly I interact with all the players, all the stakeholders who will make that experience happen. It includes my insurance company, it includes my provider, it includes my pharmacy. Integration is not a problem within a specific company, but it's a problem of how do you integrate across the entire ecosystem. What you're talking about is a customer experience digitally. You're talking about customer experience versus the business experience. And this is yes. the, the, the change in the business landscape. Customer experiences are non-linear. Business exactly. the business tries to make it linear because that's how they understand things. But today is non-linear, and this is where like value networks and integration, this is why integration and Chris goes like, what you're talking about, people are at such a kerfuffle, is because they don't know how to deal with the non-linear aspect of the consumer experience. Yeah, and, and if you really see, right, we talk about, you know, everybody wants to be agile in today's world, right? And um, for your technology landscape, be agile enough, you talk about, okay, I'm going to be an API-driven economy. Like since last at least 15 years, since I have started working, you know, IBM has been talking about integration since then. And they have been like investing in acquiring platform and made that ecosystem whole. The technology has been around. The problem has been organizationally, we were never ready to integrate either the systems, integrate people, integrated experience, or integrate with our partners. Mm -hmm. And we still deal with EDI systems. Like how archaic is that? Like, it's boggles my mind. You know, I like this idea of you know how Bill was talking about. This is we try tend to solve these things in a linear fashion. It's really easy to think about it, and of course, it allows me to get to a Wrath of Khan reference because it's the idea of going two D or three D. When we're linear, it's one D to two D, right? It's how can we see this thing as a network? And it really is a 3D problem. There's stuff coming in from all over. And if we get this right, if we get this integration right, there's all kinds of things we can do with it, emergent behaviors, emergent data, things we can respond to that we hadn't seen otherwise. But if we just think of this thing as a linear process, we're trying to push crap through a pipe. Uh, we don't get we don't get it solved. We don't solve the problem the same way. We certainly don't get the elegance. And the fact is, there's a whole bunch of Stanford MBAs working on this in that other way. And if you're not doing that, you're still the dude pushing crap down a pipe. And one thing which boggles my mind is, um, you know, integration is never in the top ten priorities of a CEO of a company. I've never seen a, a research or a study where it says that okay, you know, I want my company to be integrated. I want my company to integrate well with the partners. I want my company to provide an integrated experience to my consumer. Never. Well, that because it's got all the sexiness of a plumbing problem. Yes. I mean, it's exactly that, right? Yeah. Uh, they're not seeing it as an opportunity. They're seeing it as a plumbing problem. And nobody, I mean, it's that whole thing of, you know, is this a utility? Is this a commodity? I, I don't want to deal with that. That, that. that is not where I win the day. 
But Sashi, what you're talking about too with the C-suite, I almost think that is exactly the failure of the CTO and CIO to bring the business value about in that business. Because if you aren't talking the concept of value networks, which is the fundamental value strategy for how you do um, nonlinear aspects of any type of um, consumer experience, if you're not talking like that, of course the CEO and the CFO and CEO aren't going to really take you that seriously because it's not a strategy play, it's a plumbing play. And so by reaffirming that, by changing that conversation to let's talk strategically, get whatever off, get IBM, get Microsoft, get that crap off the table. Let's talk strategy and value networks and how we can build exponential value by being a node of a value network. And then we facilitate this network. And then the conversation after that becomes more of a technical conversation. And you've, now you've, you've lured in the C-suite, the CEO, the CEOs of the world. Like, okay, you've got me on the hook. What do we need to do? Perfect. Yep. I need five billion dollars for this IBM suite to go in there, and then well, go away. Brilliant point. So in healthcare, especially the whole concept of ACOs, accountable care organization, that is the whole uh, genesis behind that. They want to create a value network of payers and providers, so it would be incentivized to provide value-based care rather than fee-for-service, right? What they end up doing is they end up defining just the financial contract, saying, "Hey, this is the pool of money." You are going to pay paid X dollars. And if you keep a patient healthy, you can get a certain share of this. But what they don't do is they don't go to the next level and start exchanging information, integrating the organization which are participating in this value network. So in healthcare, concept and strategy exist. But the execution is a disaster. I mean, so when I think about, you know, obviously, you know, when you think about people, process, technology, right, technology always seems to be something you can just go buy, right? Um, people, nobody really addresses, you know. It's a problem. Some have written about that problem. Um, and then also, I think, you know, we think about process. And Shashi, I know like, you, do, you deal a lot with the healthcare companies. How, how do you see process playing into this from, from the integration perspective? It's extremely important, right? It's... In my mind, like in, you know, connecting different systems is an easier problem to solve. If you connect the system, but if you are not streamlining, streamlining your upfront processes, where people are also involved, the integration essentially is going to fail. So I have been part of you know um, setting up many integration center of excellences since 2003 onwards. Um, you know where IBM, I don't know who coined the term service-oriented architecture. And then that led to setting up SOA Center of Excellence, Integration Center of Excellence. It becomes more of an IT investment. Nobody in the business or the chief executive officer paid a heed to that. Nobody cared. It ended up becoming a technology aspect of it. Nobody cared about the process. Nobody cared about the problem. But two, we are you know, 15 years after that. We are still dealing with the same integration problem. It has become more complicated. Why? Because experiences are enabled by multiple organizations. It's not a single organization which does that. Second is, you know, with the cloud enablement of various applications, so you're, you had another dimension to your integration problems. You have to integrate your applications which are sitting in somebody else's cloud. That's where companies like you know, MuleSoft ended up making fortune right now, and you guys must be aware of that. So I agree with you. Process is extremely important and has not been addressed till date. And all right, so all right, it's one thing in a big company, right? When you're dealing with integrating business units, or you acquire somebody, you need to integrate the technology and things like that. Bill, you're dealing with 
integration at, at I think like a completely different level, right? Uh, just to give the viewers a quick, a quick idea, like what the value network is, I go back to the very beginning. A lot of it um, focuses around a bit of um, a porter and sort of this value chain analysis. When you think about a value chain, it's what somebody does internally to create value for a customer, one company. Um, when you think about a supply chain, which is the next evolution of value chain, it's what companies do in a linear fashion to take something from point A and get it to point Z and add more value to the customer. Um, what I'm focused on is people call it platforms, digital business platforms, platform, uh, business platforms themselves, but really it's a value network. And, and value networks themselves are their nonlinear companies work, or their their nonlinear uh, relationships between companies working to add value to different customers. So, like in a supply chain, you have one customer, one expectation of a product. But in a value network, like Chris, UI, Shashi, Bill, we're all different how we go, for example, to the doctor. Um, our Healthcare is different, all that kind of stuff. People have to figure out how do I provide a, the same, a, a, a great customer experience to all four of these folks, but they have completely different ways to have that, pre, uh, that uh, experience implemented. Or, uh, and so how do I do that? And that's why I focused on value networks because it's, the thing about value networks is it's, it's an exponential impact of value on folks. And it's less about the technology, more about the business strategy and thinking clearly when I talk about integration, you know, and Phil, you guys are easily talking about the human aspect of the integration. It's like, this is a change management. It's a different way of thinking. It's also a different business strategy. So technology aside, how do I either establish myself as a node in the network or how do I build networks or join other networks where I'm actually adding value to customers and also financial value to my bottom line? I mean, it's almost like, I don't want to say game of chess because I'm horrible at chess. That may be a very bad analysis, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a strategy play on the new paradigm, I believe, of business, which is value analysis, looking at really new businesses, they're not linearly pushing um, a same product. They're opening up a platform fundamentally. People use the word APIs or whatnot for other folks to come in and be part of the networks or for them, the nodes and other networks to expand on how they add value to customers. All right. So you're saying it's three-dimensional chess like Spock played in uh, episode four of the original series of Star Trek. Got it. I'm writing that down. Um, that's what it's like, right? Yeah, three-dimensional chess. All right, but look, all right. I'm I'm a I'm an IT manager. I've got a director or a VP. I've got a budget. I need to implement some stuff, right, to meet my goals for the year. Why do I care about this? I mean, because you know, you go. In, I go in a lot of places. I know you guys go into places, and you know, you can you can start talking about stuff like Bill, like what you were just talking about, and some of these older older IT guys just like. You know, it's like, what, you know, how does this get me closer to delivering, you know, X, Y, Z? Phil, I mean, are we, are we, are we talking about something that companies are just ill-equipped skill-wise to deal with? You know, I, I think the simplest way to say it's probably a failure of imagination, but it's also a thing where, I mean, the intangible risks to this can be pretty high. And there's probably some, somebody's internalized that bit, right? Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, because we talk about from this value network idea, I, I think it's really hard for a business sometimes to figure out what their intangible, intangible benefits are to the network, right? And so they've run the risk of kind of screwing that up and they don't know and they have to figure that bit out. So I think that's one of the risks of it, but it really, uh, if, if it gets back to a thing that we've talked about before, and another element of this is, you know, 
We sit around, we think we know what the problem is, we start solving it, we never ask the customer or the prospect or the stakeholders in the process, what does this look like when you do this? And if we did this, how would that impact what you're doing? We might find out this is, we're making it way harder or we might get lucky, but we never ask the question. Yeah, no, I like that. I mean, you know, traditionally I've thought of, you know, supply chain, I think Bill, you mentioned, you know, supply chain. You know, sales and marketing over here, blah, 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 product development, et cetera, out here, whatever it is, right? Um, I, I do like this idea of it being a network, right? Where it's multinodal, right? It's like three-dimensional, right? I, I, I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense because there are multiple, especially now you talked about Uber and, and others, think about Amazon, right? There are multiple entry points into that chain, right? And there are multiple exit points at different parts of, of the delivery cycle. So I think... That makes a lot of sense to me, but, you know, Shashi, right? I mean, is this on anyone's priority list? Right. No. Oh, I've, I've, got to, I've got to put together my value network. That's, that's my number one goal for the year. It's, uh, it's not directly in anybody's priority list. So what you've got to start with is you mentioned that um, the business goal is to do X, Y, Z. But what are you trying to achieve? Where do you see your business going? You start with that X, Y, Z. I bet you would have, I want to provide best experience to my consumers. Right? The moment you start talking, now you have to work backwards. Right? How would you provide those best consumer experience? You can do by A, integrating well with your uh, you know, other partners or stakeholders in the consumer experience ecosystem. Then second, you have to integrate well other functions, all the functions within your enterprise. And third, you have to have integrated process. Fourth, you have to integrate people. And then fifth, you have to integrate your system. What we do is we start off with first integrating system and we miss everything else in between. So you are not able to achieve the goal because you jumped four steps and you straight away jumped to technology. Do you think, by the way, I'm just curious, Shashi, do you think that we do that because we just assume, well, the people part, that's the most flexible part of this. They'll just come along with whatever piece of software we write. They'll be fine. Yeah, I'm 100%. I mean, so try to see as a human, right? Whenever we even took math competition exam, we try to solve things which we can solve. The light is over here. I'm looking, exactly. for, I'm looking for my contact lenses because the light, light is over here. Yeah, I got okay, it. So I'm going to solve the problem, which is if that's the first problem you're trying to solve, 99% sure that's the easiest problem you're trying to solve, and that's technology. Stay away from integrating with partner vendors. You stay away from integrating with the rest of it. Want to do it, but or they can always spin it and say that you know what technology is the foundation. Let me put the technology first, and then I'm going to address everything else. They run out of budget and they run out of gas, or the leadership changes. Guess what? It's like a broken system, and then we come back and blame technology. Hey, technology failed. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost funny you say that. Um, so book reference, ready for this book reference? Book reference. All right, I'm going to write this down. Go ahead. Book Think, reference. Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. I don't know if you guys have read it. He's uh, big into behavioral economics. What he does is he actually goes into, uh, side note, <laughs> there's system one, system two thinking. But it's funny you guys talk about solving a problem that's solvable because there is a, psych, uh, it's a, it's a, psych, it's a psychological uh, phenomenon. I guess it's probably the wrong word to use, and he describes it better, but I'll give you a quick, dirty overview. When we're asked a problem, our brain doesn't actually try to solve the question of problem being asked. It solves the question of problem that's easiest for us to answer. 
And so it's funny where as we talk about processes, I'll say, no, when people bring this in, they don't think about that. I don't, I almost say they don't do it intentionally. And that's the problem is nobody's sitting down. It goes back to one of our first episodes about design. Nobody's actually sitting down and thinking about how do I need to design and actually trying to hold themselves accountable to solve that problem. Now, I think some of them think they're doing that, but ultimately they're not. And so I believe that's where, oh, hold on a second. I believe that's uh, hopefully that wasn't distracting too much. <laughs> was that was that a node in your your value network calling was, you? It was a node in my value network. Somebody from Atlanta. <laughs> um, I think it's I think it's this, this ridiculous Sigma thing they keep like five hundred times. Anyways, um, but I almost think it's psychological, and I think that's part of the problem. Is we you know I feel you're talking about it. We're talking about strategy, and Chris, you're asking about this. Is nobody's the people who are intentionally doing this and designing. And as Kahneman would say, they're overriding their system one and implementing their system two, their, 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 that thought process. They're the ones that are benefiting greatly from it because they're actively designing these networks. And I don't think humans by nature, even though I think we network, I don't think that's our mode of thinking. We are, uh, by definition, very linear. And in general, the people problem is I think people are linear by nature. And what you're talking about is very abstract concepts, um, and you're going against the linearity. And so when you talk to anybody, at whether it's a high level or a low level, I don't think any way you sell it, it's going to be easy because you have to figure out how to tell us in a story that shows the benefit of all. Because nobody really cares about products in general or services. They only care what it does for them. Um, so I'll wrap, I'll wrap sort of that thought up there. Um, but I do think it is a people problem, but I think it's also inherent to how we are as humans. And so we see that in our human processes. So, I mean, look, I've, I've been part of teams. Shashi, I know you have. I think we've been part of a team together where, where these things, um, these, these grand concepts, right? At, you know, Bill, you said it's abstract. It's very abstract, right? You're talking about sort of concepts that you might, one might attribute to like an MBA program, right? And you're sitting around, you know, gaming out something, right? Or whatever. Like, how, how do you make this real? How do you tell that story that, A, this is an important thing that you need to know about because, B, if you don't do it, this is what will happen, and, C, this is how you do it, right? I mean, it, you know, is it – and I, I, don't know how you, I don't know how you do those three things with, with some of these very abstract kind of concepts. Thoughts? I think you Phil, Phil, you deal with people all the time. I think you ask questions, you know, you know, no one's really ready for you to come and paint that picture, but I think this is the Socratic method at work. You start asking hard questions. What happens if we don't answer this? What if our competitor started to do this? What if, and, and I think you just, those scenarios and kind of let people's minds run that story on their own. I like that, like sort of building that, uh, I get Google called the primordial ooze of innovation, but I think it does come down to story because as I'm trying to, and I'm, I don't want to talk about too much of a out loud right now. It's not like it's a secret sauce, but it's about the startup that I have going on called Clatch. I'm building a value network. And this was actually a mentor of mine a couple of days ago. He just pounded this into my head, but also I'm sitting there looking at this like, okay, now I have literally, it went from like two personas to about six or eight personas, but the story for each of them is differently. And so you literally have to become a storyteller of value to explain to them why they need to take part on this platform or this network or what value it adds. 
And I look at that internally too, as I look at one of my clients right now as they're going through an ERP integration and they have the potential to build out a platform. Uh, when actually I got the opportunity to speak at a partner, it's less about tech and more about what I call, you know, I call the business, digital business platform, but the value network. But trying to get a person from a sales and marketing, a whatever it may be, you have to come up with that story that's engaging, that's visceral, um, and that's emotional to actually just let them give you the trust to go forward with it. And I think that that may be the starting point is, you know, you have to establish that trust and saying, okay, I can do this, you know, follow me blindly for a little while until it becomes very clear to you how this is, uh, how this adds the value I see it adds. But I mean, so I get that, but you know, Shashi, how does, how does that thinking get incorporated into a typical IT project that's either underway or planned or something? This isn't this isn't like agile methodology where there's a framework and oh we just you know we have our epics and our you know it, it's it's a little more abstract than how do I take these principles and stick them into my project that's underway or about to be underway? Yeah, so what you're talking about is project DNA, right? It needs to be in a DNA of a team, right? You've got to start off with again, it has to start off back from the incentives. Why am I going to collaborate if I'm not incentivized to do that, right? Either it is inherently in my DNA to do that, if not, then how I can how can I inject that behavior in my project team is the key. So it's, and that is the reason many of the agile projects eventually fail. The only, the only place where it is super successful is in the startup environment because there you are filtering people, you are bringing the right kind of people who are part of the team. But when you are in larger enterprise IT systems, you have to deal with or retool or reskill existing people, and they have not been groomed like that. So, agile projects in larger enterprise environments, the success rate is much much lower as compared to the startup because the kind of talent you have and agile or integration is not in their DNA. That's a tough problem to solve. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just uh, I was working with someone recently, and uh, there was a reorg and. Um, you know, this person, this client got a whole bunch of people added to his team, right? And it's like, what do I do with these people? They they were, re you know, someone was looking at boxes and lines on a, on a piece of paper and said, oh, you know, to justify this person's position, they need four of these and the, each of those need three of the, and they were just putting people in, in boxes, it seemed, right? And um, so, you know, he now had to take these people with no real understanding of what their skill set was and like inject them into things that were already underway. So there was, there was like an integration of people, right. That had to take place. And I don't know how that plays into value networks uh, specifically, but I, I mean, I can see that as a problem. It's a much easier problem to solve if you are just writing APIs or whatever it is, right. It either works or it doesn't, right. It's like you don't have the randomness of uh, human emotion, at play on, on any given day. So, all right, you know, Phil, how do what what are what are the skills that I need as a practitioner if I want to sort of think of integration in this sort of three dimensional, multinodal fashion? What what do I need to know? Because there's not a course I can go take, right? Or maybe maybe there's a book or two. Well, 
I mean, there's obviously a lot of a lot of things written around value networks, about value constellations. I mean, this is, you know, Clayton Christensen and a bunch of others have written things about this. So there's a lot of people who talk about that. And we are certainly seeing lots of examples of disruptive value networks being built. So I think we've got the good news is it's in the water now. There's a reason for us to go out and do that. Um, but I think, again, you know, I'm always I'm going to come back to the idea of, Let's question what we are doing. What are the opportunities? And I always like this idea of saying, you know, what if what if a competitor that was not came into our space and was somehow able to build a network around kind of what we are doing? How would we disrupt it? How would they disrupt us? I mean, if someone put the target on us as a business, what would they disrupt and how would they go about it? And I think that kind of lets you see the opportunities. Some of those things I can adjust to and adapt for, and some things I can't, but at least I can see what the possibilities are. Yeah, and I think, you know, that the ability to do that, right, and have that um, sort of open-mindedness or imagination, I think you called it earlier, right? I mean, I, I see it a lot where companies, you know, are one of four or so in a particular space and are fat, dumb, and happy because they have huge profit margins. And let's just keep on keeping on. You know, why do we need to think about this, right? And versus a startup, right? Bill, right? it's like, Bill, you don't eat unless, you know, you think about these things, right? That kind of thing. Um, or maybe you do and it's ramen noodles or whatever it is. How, how do you initiate that, at, for example, as a consultant, at a client, how do you bring this up without people rolling their eyes like oh here we go you know do you have slides on that right that kind of thing well i mean uh, you are right so you know my firm um has done a few future mapping exercise with the key um c-suite of large insurance companies um and in that the one thing which we talk about is you know disruption and what you mentioned you know is spot on that we say that hey you you are going to get disrupted what's your future um, is it a platform play? Do you want to be a platform? For example, like Uber, Netflix, and all these firms, Amazon, these are platforms, right? Where providers come, provide the services, and you integrate with them. So integration becomes their core business. Integration is their core business, integrating supply and demand, integrating with your provider networks. So I think you've got to solve it from three or four different ways. One is it has to be part of your CEO's top priorities. Right? When he talks about integration, he talks about integration at a business problem, not as a technology platform. And then technology would have an implication to it. That's number one. Second thing you got to look at is your partner network or the vendors who can provide you that kind of either technology support, process support, and integrate very well with you. Third is you have to establish a value network that Bill was mentioning about and be a key player and have vested interest in making it successful. In my experience of you, these are the three things you got to think about. The way you inject that is A, saying that either you guys, you get on board. If you are not, then we will be disrupted and extinct in no time. Right? So that becomes a priority. So Shashi, does that imply that you need like an internal champion with executive power to actually promote this idea? Exactly. So it's chief integration officer. I'm introducing one more C-suite person as if we had less in we, number. We already have a CIO. What are you going to call this one? It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. So, I mean, traditional CIOs have been uh, 
that's that's topic for our next one role of a cio by the way i like that or how you know and and bill is probably writing a book the cio is dead or something to that effect <laughs> I might write that book. Is that a book? Someone Google that. Does that exist already? CIO was dead. I, I just copy. I just copy wrote it. Don't worry. Shit. I registered the URL. All right. Uh, good. Okay, guys. Um, this is an interesting topic, and you can see, much like the value network being three dimensional and multinodal, right? Um, this thing can go in a whole bunch of different directions because you're dealing with the business, you're dealing with strategy, you're dealing with technology, you're dealing with people. I mean, and obviously process. So you basically you're talking about, you know, how do I run a company in the modern age? And I think, you know, Shashi, you mentioned, right? Like some of these companies are not technology companies, they're integration companies. And so when I think of like, you know, Amazon Day was recent recently, right? I was at the beach, it's Amazon Day, I'm on my phone. And I'm like ordering crap like a madman, like I don't need, right? Like uh, I got I got bungee cords for like 99 cents, but like stuff like that. And I think about when you're thinking about how Amazon is able to do the things that it does, right? It, it strikes me that it's not really a it's not really a consumer goods company. It's not really, really even a retailer. It is actually like an integration company because it's it's brokering connections between you know, uh, suppliers and supply and demand. So, I mean, I think that's an interesting perspective. Okay, so if you have one takeaway then, what's the one takeaway that you have when, when you're thinking about integration that I, as a practitioner of technology or in the business where I'm just sitting around watching this, right? What do I take away from this? What's the one takeaway? Bill, what, what's your one takeaway? One takeaway, you said parts. One Technology to solve the integration problem. Uh, whatever it is, IPAS, ISS, API Gateway, everything's out there. This technology's been around. Some of it's been around for 10, 15, 20 years. It's not a tech problem. This is the part B where it's the corporate strategy problem. So when you take away from integrations, if you're having an integration issue, you have a strategy problem. And that needs to be addressed first before you have the technology conversation. Well, I think there's there's opportunity for us to do a better job of what we are doing, right? We can make this a smoother sailing operation. We can make this easier for our customers to do business with us. Um, how are we going to go about that? And anytime we can, we run this, we have an opportunity to delight and charm them in ways that other people are not doing. And some of this is kind of easy. So it just takes some thinking about it. Again, it takes a little bit of imagination. Integration should be your top priority. Right, you start with your consumer experience, but we are trying to solve integration at the bottom, which is you know, this all the IT system integration, and we are missing the whole middle layer in that. So a, we got to simplify the integration at various level, which is your partner, um, your internal functions, and your people. So you got to do that and make it as your top priority. All right, good stuff, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I appreciate everyone for watching. And uh, we'll see everyone next time.